0: Hey y'all and welcome back to Blush You, the podcast where you tell us your juiciest stories and we get to dish on them. I'm Callie and I'm here with my co-host Elise.
1: Hello, we are barely surviving.
0: (laughs) We really don't mean for this podcast to be a sob story about how hard our lives are. It's just kind of the way it's turned out. Oh my God. Like... If only everybody listening right now could see the meme that I posted yesterday and then I said to you that this is easy peasy lemon squeezy, difficult, difficult, lemon difficult. Like I still like zesty lemon depressy. I know I like that too. (laughs) That's, That's how we're feeling. Okay, before we dive into everything, We have to tell y'all that today we're going to be talking about butthead bosses. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you're working for a complete asshole, this is the podcast for you. Uh, We're going to be diving into a pretty, pretty sad uh, letter later on. But for now, let's dive into the saga that is Callie and Elise. So Elise, you want to tell your sparkle? Oh,
1: so I feel bad cuz Sparkles like, well, I guess whatever. We'll make it. We'll twist it. We'll reframe some way. But um I basically almost died <laughs> this week. So, um yeah, I took I had a migraine, took my migraine medicine. And as everybody knows, I've been on the Prozac in the Prozac club for like 2 months now and 100% they had an interaction and my body revolted and I took a nap, I fell asleep. And then I woke up and my body was like, Nope, you're something's not right. So of course I freaked out and I panicked and I went to urgent care and they basically, I had to walk through my whole saga of like, why am i on Prozac in the first place? And they basically gave me fluids and told me i was just having a panic attack so i felt very invalidated by modern medicine doctors and he kept tapping me on the fucking shoulder i'm like stop fucking tapping me like you're not trying to be comforting at all you just like you know when people are talking to you where they're like oh like oh you don't feel good but like all your labs are coming back normal like i just could tell that they were going and whispering like oh like she's just going through a hard time you know and So then I was like, okay, I'm fine. I'm just ready to go. I lied to them so I could just get the hell out of there. And then they send in a nurse and said that they, the doctor and the other nurse came and talked to me. And I just wanted to let you know, like I had a pregnancy loss 21 years ago and like instantly when she started talking, I was like, shut off. You know, like I was just like, I feel like shit. I feel like I'm dying. And like, I'm not trying to like have this conversation with a complete stranger. And she was like, make sure on the due date of your child, you go get a greasy, cheesy hamburger and you celebrate that life girl. Like literally was talking to me like this. And I, she was like, is this your first child? And I'm like, I literally looked at my mom and my mom was like, I think she's okay. Like, I think we just want to go. And I just was like such a clusterfuck. So all that to say is if you, if you feel like something's wrong, you got to follow your instincts because like, I knew something was wrong. I know it just wasn't a panic attack and you have to advocate. I know that this has been my sparkle before, but like advocate for yourself. And if someone's trying to like empathize with you and like their curiosity is triggering your trauma. Like you can set that firm boundary real quick because I was not about to like, like, I feel like the old me would have been like, yeah, like, you know, having a conversation with her about something that was going to be more triggering to me, but I literally just did not
0: respond. I was like mute. Yeah. Like I didn't come here for a therapy session. No. And
1: (laughs) I'm sure I have plenty of people in my life, much more, equipped to do a therapy session with me, except for some fucking random nurse who was like 40 years. I just was like, what, what is happening right here? Yeah,
0: this, this ain't it guys, but this is not what I'm here for.
1: I'm alive. I'm breathing. I am wouldn't say I'm
0: well, but I'm alive and breathing <laughs> Yes, again, surviving, which is basically all we're aiming for at this point.
1: I know you and I just have like the most sensitive Callie sparkle is on another level.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So Elise, we both almost died this week. Basically is what happened. Um, I kind of decided earlier that I wasn't going to like you know, go over my fertility journey week by week. Cause that just puts a lot of pressure on myself if, if treatments work or if they don't work. And I, you know, I haven't really figured out how to handle that. So I was like, maybe I'll just talk about other things. Alas, that's not happening today because, okay. So round one of Clomid huge failure. It was an absolute nightmare. I was so jacked up on hormones. And then of course to like go through that for an entire month and have nothing to show for it Mm -hmm. was just, it was great. Loved, you know, zero out of 10 recommend (laughs) just (laughs) horrible. So, okay. It's time for round two. And I go in and there's, there's something happening with me where I'm like, okay, clearly there's another issue that needs to be addressed. And you know, the doctor's did not want to address that. And instead they were like more clomid. And I was like, I don't, I don't think that's it. Like, uh, I don't think that's it, but they were like, well, we're going to do it anyway. Too bad. So I go, I pick up my prescription for clomathine. I take one. I notice that they're a different color, but I'm like, Ooh, these are a little more festive. They're pink. And continue doing my errands. I'm supposed to take three a day, but because three pills of Clomid is like too much for your system. Cause normally you take them at night. It was, they were like, okay, take one during the day and then two at night. So I took my one during the day, finished errands, came home, same thing as Elise. I passed out and woke up and was so dizzy and disoriented that I was like, this is weird. And Andrew comes home and looks at me like I'm in the fetal position. And he, he tells me this later, but silently to himself, he was like, Oh God, here we go again. (laughs) Like Month two is going to be even worse. She was a joy last month that this is going to be even better. Like shit, it's already starting. And I was like, you know, something's wrong. And he was like, yeah, okay. It's the hormones. And I was like, no, like I I think they gave me the wrong thing. Like, this is weird. I'm, you know, why would I be dizzy? Like, why would I be nauseous? Why would I be drowsy? Like these aren't the side effects you get. Mm -hmm. And so he was, you know, kind of looking at me like I was crazy, which is fair. Like that's not what your mind should go to like, Oh, they gave me the wrong thing. So I just, I'm so disoriented that I Google Clomid pink pill and Clomapramine. Jumps up on the Google results. And I was like, wait, that's not clomiphene. And look at my pill bottle, and y'all, I swear to God, they gave me the wrong thing. So this is OCD anti anxiety medicine. <laughs> I mean, I'm not even gonna say I should have known because the pills were a different color. Like y'all know with generic brands and all this shit, like pills well, come in different shapes and sizes. And they upped your dosage. Oh, and they upped my dose. Yeah, well, they upped my dosage, which I knew they were kind of gonna do. But like the instruction said, take three a day. I right. would have, if I hadn't known, I would and I wasn't so sensitive to medication, I would have taken three of these pills. OCD. And I Googled it, and you're supposed to start out on 25 milligrams, and I already took 50. I would have overdosed on this shit. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so of course Andrew like jumps into action, goes and like on a mission to like ream out every single human being in West Hollywood, starting with the pharmacist. Turns out it wasn't the pharmacist. It was my fucking fertility doctor. They put in the wrong prescription. So yeah, fired them uh, and have to find a new fertility doctor, which is just amazing because after this, long ass journey with nothing to show for it. I have to start over again. And I was basically drugged. I lost two days this week. I had to be in bed for 48 hours because I couldn't fucking walk. And I had like finger tremors, Like I couldn't steady my fingers. And then we we the- okay? Yeah, we okay. we're not okay. And by the way, the doctor who prescribed it to me, both of them called the first doctor was making jokes. Like, Oh, did you clean your room? Did you like order things. I was like, this isn't funny. Like, I didn't even know what to say. I was like, this is like, I just wanted to get off the phone. Cause at this point I was still disoriented. And then my other doctor called the one who I'd been seeing for a while. And she literally goes, this is why I don't answer my phone when I'm not um, on a call. There's too many cooks in the kitchen. Oh, because by the way, when they, the pharmacist asked for the correct prescription, I got two different prescriptions of different doses. So I, st- even if I had forgiven them and decided that's fine. That's okay. That's acceptable. I still couldn't have started Clomid this cycle anyway, because there was conflicting dosages.
1: Yeah. That was the universe being like, "Uh, no.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We're going to skip this cycle and then some, and find someone who actually knows what they're talking about. I mean, it's tough to find a sparkle in this like I don't want to sit here and be like I should have known so you need to be paying attention to what they prescribe it's like no no that shouldn't be on us we pay doctors and doctor I get that doctors are just people but like give me a break I shouldn't have to be on edge like you know living this like cynical you know suspicious lifestyle thinking that everything's wrong and nothing's going to go as planned instead what I got from it is I really didn't want to switch fertility doctors. Um, sorry, I guess I shouldn't. Yeah, whatever. Her name's Carrie. <sighs> Carrie, <sighs> Carrie shouldn't. Carrie wasn't listening to me. Carrie was very much being d- dismissive. I felt like a number. I'd gone in. She told me that some things were in my head. Woo! That's not something you say to people. Like that's just rude. And so, I I knew that I should have moved on for a while. I mean, Elise, you were sending me different doctors. Like what, two or three weeks ago? Hmm. <laughs> And I just didn't want to, because I was like, it's the same thing that we've talked about on this podcast. It's return on investment. I had already invested so much in this relationship with this doctor, so much time, so many procedures, just frankly, so much bullshit that the idea of having to like find someone else, start over, tell my sob story again, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. see what they say. It's just like, it's so overwhelming when you're already not feeling great. And I just didn't want to do it. And so my sparkle was the universe was like too fucking bad. Yeah. (laughs) Too bad. You're doing it because we're going to make this so bad, so awful that the thought of you going back to these practitioners is laughable.
1: Yep. It's so bad. We
0: had a rough week here at Plush. (laughs) I, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, I would love to say, oh, I should have known earlier, but it's like, whatever. I'm, this is one of those weeks where I'm actually not going to blame myself and be like, you know what? Fuck it. I listened when it was time. And
1: it's, we trust our doctors, right? Like I literally Google Prozac and Maxalt, which is my migraine medicine. And the first thing that comes up is like, don't take these two together. It's like, I specifically asked my doctor. And she was like, Yeah, I think you're fine unless you're taking your migraine medicine every day. It's like we
0: trust people yeah, we who we do. should be
1: able to trust. And then, you know, and it makes
0: sense because you, the last time you took it, I don't think you had as much Prozac in your system, but like, no, I was not. Do you remember the screenshot I sent you? It was like,
1: I feel like I literally don't like the, my memory for this week has been like, I don't know.
0: Oh, okay. So, when you were in the throes of this and you were texting me and you were like, the same thing happened to me. I woke up. I'm disoriented. I can't feel my hands. I have chest pains. I'm nauseous. I was like, okay. As someone who has been over medicated recently yes. <laughs> and like almost murdered by my doctor, this <laughs> sounds like you have too much medicine in your system. Like, these are to me, like, you know, trademark symptoms of that. Yes. Granted, I'm not a I'm not a doctor, but I was like so I so I asked you, what migraine medicine are you taking? You gave me the exact name. I Googled it and the interaction, like the first thing that came up was like these drugs interact. And I took a screenshot and sent it to you. And it was literally like chest pains, dizziness, fatigue, you know, drowsiness, nausea. And it was like everything that you were going through. And I was like, dude, like I, I think that these drugs are interacting and you were like,
1: (laughs) I literally don't remember that at all, which is scary, but you would think that even at the urgent care, like they're like, oh yeah, I told them. And they're like, no, you're just having a panic attack. I'm like, I know what a panic attack feels like. Like, this is not what a panic attack feels like. So moral of the story, Callie and I need a wellness retreat. And (laughs)
0: Yeah, SOS, send help. And if you know of any good fertility doctors that aren't completely negligent, yeah. send me Rex, because I really don't want to have to be on OCD medication again. Oh God. My God. Uh, ugh. 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 Okay. Ugh. Um yeah, so we're just for really chipper as can be. <laughs> doing doing so well, you guys. We're doing so well. Um, Maybe we should stop complaining about ourselves and (laughs) help someone else because I've heard that helps. Let's
1: do that. Okay. Okay. Let's get into this submission. I'm excited about this one. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. Dear Blush, I have a job that I love. It's at a widely respected company in a competitive industry. And the moment I got the job, I knew I'd finally made it after years of hard work proving myself. It's fulfilling, challenging, and has tons of room for growth. I couldn't be happier about my forward trajectory, but my boss is a dick and I hate him. (laughs) (laughs) I love this girl already. Me too. His moods are completely unpredictable. One minute he will be flirtatious, personal, and warm. And the second something happens that he doesn't like, he'll fly off the handle, give me the silent treatment, or yell at me in front of colleagues. To say the relationship is abusive might be an understatement. I feel uncomfortable when he speaks poorly about his wife and family to me, and I've heard through the grapevine that he's had inappropriate relationships with other women in the office. However, his creepy behavior is a vacation compared to when he's upset. I can admit that when he's on a high, he can be charming, inviting, and even supportive, but I'm always waiting for the other shoe to drop. I'll get emails late at night with an aggressive tone telling me how I'm failing at the job and am a total disappointment. He will forget details and blame me for them constantly. He talks poorly about me to other colleagues and laughs at me whenever I'm visibly upset by his behavior. He won't speak to me for days. Then he'll act like nothing ever happened and go back to being charming. There's no winning with him. It's almost as if he likes to torture me for fun. I have no idea what to do. I've tried talking to HR, but he's been with the company for so long and it's clear they won't do anything about it. They write stuff down and then advise me to try talking directly to him about this. The company I work for has a cult-like culture and old guards are protected at all costs. Having a productive conversation with him is out of the question. I'd probably be fired on the spot. I don't want to lose this job, but at the same time, I'm not sure how I can stick this out with him as my manager. What can I do from my dream job is a nightmare. Woo! Ew.
0: Um. Okay. Let's just like cut to the chase and I, we're going to have more thoughts, but like the reality is you've basically already lost this job. And what I mean by that is two things. One, your boss, is impossible and he's not going to get better. It sounds like he has mental health issues. It sounds mm-hmm. like he has emotional stability issues. Mm-hmm. It sounds like he has personal family issues. I mean, this mm-hmm. is not someone who is stable in the least. Mm-hmm. And the second thing is that he's being enabled not by you, but by the company. Mm-hmm. And so I love that you put cult like culture. Cause I think everything understands what that means. It's like people who like, drink the Kool-Aid to an excessive amount. Nothing bad ever happens at the company. You're like ride or die. It's giving me like extreme succession vibes. At least do you watch that show? Yeah, hell yeah, I do. Yeah.
1: You're so right.
0: Yeah, it's giving me those vibes. And so the deal is, is that, when I say you've already lost the job, I don't mean that you did anything wrong. I just mean the job is a lost cause because mm-hmm. you're working in an incredibly toxic environment that's systemic. It's really while it is about your boss, to me the bigger problem is the company. Yeah. Like obviously he sucks and he's a complete dickhead as you said. But those people should be weeded out by departments like HR or by leadership. And what do they say? Like the fish rots at the head. I mean, that's more what we're talking about here. Sorry. Mm -hmm. I use
1: really gross. What's the other one you like? You
0: can't eat the elephant or something. Oh, eat the elephant one bite at a time. Um, there's multiple ways to skin a cat. Oh, that one. Fish yeah. rots at the head. Ugh, I swear I love animals. I don't know what the fuck's wrong with me, but you know, it, what I'm trying to say is that issues start at the top. Yes. Um, and so I hate this for you because while I would love for some advice to be like transfer departments or talk to someone that you trust or go to HR again, it's like, We're just going to start with the obvious, which is this job's not going to work out for you because there is a clash in values, like full stop. And I just don't know how you can reconcile that.
1: Yeah. I see only two options. One, you quit or two, you get fired. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. staying there, you can only stay in a situation. I mean, that's a toxic, abusive situation that literally reminds me of my last relationship genuinely. And it's like, you can hang on and cling on and try to just like keep afloat for so long. But what do you say? It's like, you're eventually gonna get sick of yourself Mm -hmm. or sick of the situation. And it sounds like you're already there. And like, you don't stay in a situation that you're not gaining something from. And although you're gaining your dream job, that doesn't come without consequences, right? But I think here, like the consequences outweigh any benefit that you would get from a job, you know?
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, if we want to be specific about this, then I would say, are you documenting? Mm. Like, and I mean, really documenting. When I was in a situation similar to this, um, a woman told me that every time she has a really uncomfortable conversation or um, maybe a bad meeting or someone acts unprofessionally, she'll send an email to herself and just write down everything that happened what was said the conversation Um, i know in a lot of states like some people would be like record everything and it's like okay but as elise and i were talking about yesterday that actually might be illegal in texas you're fine in california it's illegal (laughs) but um i'm i'm actually serious that i think you need to be documenting with like precise detail so that if you are fired before you can get your ducks in a row to quit you have substantial like mm. literature that shows what happened yeah. um i also wouldn't hesitate to reaching out to professional help and like i'm actually talking about times up right like times up could help you there's free lawyers involved with sexual harassment cases which by the way we are very much circling sexual harassment here mm-hmm. um So this isn't one of those things where I think like you put in your two weeks tomorrow because it sounds like you have worked so hard to get where you are. And I want you to land in a good place. And I don't want you to feel like you made a bad choice taking your dream job. Um, But you have to protect yourself before we figure out what the plan is.
1: It's literally like, have you ever seen any movie where it's she's you know, they're in a relationship and the husband's abusive and you have to create a safety plan, right? Like we just have to create a safety plan for this letter writer so that they feel like they have predictability. They have like, they feel like they have safety. They have a plan. They have support in that. So that way, when the bomb goes off, it's not going to be like, shit, let's hurry and pick up the pieces. You're going to be like, oh, I anticipated this coming and I already got in a taxi,
0: totally i've got a savings you know built yeah. up in case it takes a little bit for me to find another job i have documentation and things if i want to contest my firing right and maybe even pursue legal action look that's not for the faint of heart okay i'm just telling you right now if you go down that route it is very stressful it's going to be strenuous on you um but at the same time in order to combat toxic cultures especially Industries that protect men. Sometimes the only way to make change is through legal action, and mm-hmm. to show this has to stop. Now that's a completely different angle. I'm not a lawyer. I'm just surrounded by them, so I'm just sure, you know, just just know um, that you know that's an option. But we do have to have things in place, especially. Like what happens with your next job? Because you're probably not going to get a reference um, from your boss. Um, Maybe you'll get a nice reference from people around you, Mm -hmm. Um, but you're going to have to really think about how you want to, one, not explain what happened at your last place, but like, you know, a lot of people say, well, what happened? Why'd you leave? I would have something ready that you can say that you're comfortable with. But the second thing is you have to make sure this doesn't happen again. And so you have to think about what went wrong. What did you not catch the first time? What did you not ask the first time? This is not your fault. I'm not trying to place blame on you at all. Um, But just like, you know, I'm in this situation right now with fucking medical malpractice. None of this is my fault, but you're I'm going to ask tough questions next time around. I'm mm-hmm. going to tell my next doctor what happened to me and what I expect moving forward so that this I'm not in the same position again. Right. And mm-hmm. so it's kind of the same thing here. Like you have to think about what did I miss? Um, what, what can I ask next time? What am I looking for so that mm-hmm. my next job is a lot healthier for me?
1: hmm Yeah. I love that because I I mean I think that I always try to reframe of like you know there's purpose in everything especially the really hard stuff and I think if you can take something from it and figure out what you want and what you don't want from an experience and a situation or a person then that allows you to move forward and have more clear-cut boundaries to protect yourself and really invite all of the things that you Really want in and protect yourself against all the things that you don't want. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I mean, this is just, this is really, 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 really tough. And I just, I feel so, I haven't really said this yet, but I feel really sad for you. My dream job is a nightmare. I think it's really tough, especially being a woman competing, Mm -hmm. you know, a really, like she said, competitive industry and working your way up and then getting your big break and having like a mediocre white man, I'm just assuming here, you know, like blocking your success. Like it's infuriating. Um, And so that's why I'm so hell-bent on making sure that she's not set back. I mean, in a perfect world, we would be able to get him out of the way, transfer departments, you know, complain, get him on probation, whatever. And that way you don't have to do anything or set yourself back because this guy's an asshole. But like, I'm telling you, you've already done everything right. You've already gone to the people that are supposed to protect you. And from what you're telling me, again, the issue isn't him. The issue is systemic. The issue is the culture. Yeah. yeah.
1: I want to commend her for even taking the step to go to HR in the first place. I imagine Mm -hmm. that's a really scary thing that feels like you're putting your job and your boss in jeopardy, you know, but you did it. And that's a huge thing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I'm just, I don't know. I'm getting like, like borderline PTSD by proxy because Andrew's worked for just so many monsters, like monsters. And it's just the cultural norm in the entertainment world to shit on people because they were shit on. And so it's like this culture of the meaner you are to people, the more high and important you are, you know? And I have a
1: story. Go I have a story ahead. Just, oh,
0: let's tell the worst boss stories we have.
1: Okay. Well, I'll tell, I'll tell worst boss story after this story. Okay. Um. So you just said something that triggered. I don't know where I heard this. So don't quote me, but essentially this man was talking about how every single, and tell me if I've said this before, because I clearly have memory problems (laughs) after this week. Um, so this guy was talking about how every single person in your life, you can, um, cast them into like a character from a superhero movie. Have I said this story? Mm -mm. Okay. So he talks about there's the villain, the victim, the hero, and the muse. Okay. So the villain is someone who has experienced pain and has gone through significant hardship and they don't work through that pain. They just then go and inflict their pain onto other people. So that misery loves company, right? Mm -hmm. Then there's the victim and the victim has also experienced pain and they don't really know what to do with their pain. So they just stay in the victim role. And what the victim does is they get like instant gratification in the term of like resources, attention, care, but then people go back to their own lives. And when there's no longer a crisis and you're still in the same position, right? Mm -hmm. Then there's the hero, which the hero also goes through pain, but they choose to like do something good with it and learn from it and teach other people and help other people through their pain and um like make a difference and make meaning out of it and then the muse is someone who's lived their life as a hero for their whole life and so i'm getting major villain vibes from this boss because it's like you can't change the fact that i mean i've learned this Callie knows the past two years i've learned that life is now hard i did not know that i am naive i was naive I am no longer, we just took a crash course. Yes. We took a very quick crash course on fucking life is hard. Okay. I was going to say something very aggressive, but I chose not to. Um, but yeah, I think that this person, like everybody experiences pain and it's kind of like what you choose to do with that, that, Allows you to create change. Like you can't change what happened to you, but you can have some sort of impact on the future. Right. And so I'm getting major villain vibes from this person.
0: Oh yeah, no doubt. And I love that her stance is, Hey, this is abusive instead of I can't please him. I can't, I'm not doing a good enough job. I need to work harder. I need to vie for his approval Mm -hmm. where a lot of people go, hell, I've been there where I'm like, God, like this person is so hot, cold with me. And you know, my, they're judging me on my work and I just feel like I have to be on my toes 24 seven in order to gain you know, validation or approval or appreciation. And I love that this letter writer is like, fuck this guy. (laughs) (laughs) He's a dick. Yeah. He's a dick and I hate him. I love that because that's half the battle. Yeah. It really is. When you're in an an abusive situation, it's not you. Mm -hmm. And yeah, there's a big gap between it's not you and then solving the problem. Like there's a ton of bullshit you're going to have to go through, whether that's, you know, putting in your two week notice and doing an exit interview and being like, Hey, fuck you guys. This is a completely toxic environment and I don't appreciate it. And you should get your shit together because Gen Z ain't going to work for you. Right? (laughs) Like that's your reality. Um, finding another job. I mean, gosh, that's just such a pain in the ass as is. And you know, the higher up you are in your career, the longer that stuff takes. Mm -hmm. You know, there's way more entry level jobs than there are higher, higher up jobs. So I just, I don't know. I'm not trying to say that the road ahead is going to be easy. I don't want to give that illusion, but I will say you've already conquered 50%. Yeah. That's huge.
1: Yeah. I think awareness and recognition is like the first step in changing anything, right? Like that's half the battle.
0: I I totally agree. Um, Okay. Worst boss story. (laughs) You go first. This one's, it's not me. That's the thing. I mean, I have some, but I'm, I'm going to, none of them are as bad as this one. So Andrew's working for this woman and I hate that it's for a woman because I want to stand up for women and I always want females in the, in the workplace to be like worshiped. But man, I, this is the story where I was like, well, all right let's, we ride at dawn and we're going to burn fuck- it down. We're going to fucking kill her. <laughs> All right. Um, so he worked for this woman and it was her birthday over the weekend. And he comes in on Monday and she, let's just say she's not very, I don't think she's very well-liked. She's also not self-aware. So she probably doesn't even really, she's not well-liked. And um, he is the only one who buys her flowers and celebrates her birthday. So he went out and got her favorite food for everyone to share for her birthday and then bought her these nice flowers that had a significant meeting. No, they are not having an affair. I'm just not gonna go into like insane details, but like the flowers were symbolic of something um, that they kind of both have in common. So she was like, oh yeah, you know, thanks so much. And he was like, well, okay, like where do you want me to put them? (laughs) She's like, oh, okay, just put them on like that coffee table over there. And he was like, okay, Like, you know, happy birthday, sits him down and then leaves a week later, she comes to him and screams at him in Mm -hmm. front of everyone. The entire department like goes ballistic, grabs two other like higher up people in the department over to talk shit about Andrew in front of him and like just completely like just attacks him because the flowers left a water ring. On her coffee table. So then she sent him to go get like wood repair stuff to like take the ring off. And he's like, I mean, granted, it I think the vase actually wasn't supposed to like sweat. So it kind of was a mistake. But he was also like, You told like one, I got you flowers. (laughs) Two, like, you told me where to put them. Three, it's your responsibility to move them, not mine. Four, you're like screaming at me and like humiliating me in front Mm -hmm. of everybody over this at that point I was like okay this is unhinged and you can't work for this person anymore yeah um and still to this day when she sees us she's like friendly and thinks she was like the best boss ever and I cannot wait to get to a point where I'm like all right sit down (laughs) you need some talking too missy can you You believe that
1: No, I really can't. It's like once someone gives you a gift, it is now your responsibility.
0: Yeah. Also just say thank you and like never talk about it again. And who
1: the fuck cares about a water stain? It's like get a new coffee table. Who fucking cares?
0: Yeah. This person also asked him to hold a commercial flight for her because she forgot her passport. And he was like, if you're that important, I think you should be flying private. Yeah. (laughs) Like American Airlines isn't going to wait for you. (laughs) You really do live in your own little world. I'm getting like uh, the devil wears Prada vibes for sure. Uh, yeah, but she was not Miranda Priestly. She wasn't the editor in chief of fucking Vogue. Okay, yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> like when you and I'm not. I'm not saying that you have permission to act like that. And frankly, I mean that's like the moral of this story. It doesn't matter how how high up you are, how many if you have an assistant or if you don't or if whatever. No one should treat people that way. Yeah. Uh, It doesn't matter how high up you are. If you are the editor in chief of Vogue, you should still treat people with respect and human decency.
1: Mm -hmm. Carl and I always say to each other, like, did you lead with your heart today? And if the answer is yes, then we did good. But if the answer is no, then
0: we need to figure (laughs) our shit out. (laughs) Yeah. No, that's I think that's a good thing. And honestly that brings me to another point, which is my dream job is a nightmare. Look, lady. I don't want you to lose hope that you're never going to be able to find a job with people who don't treat you with respect. Yeah, Um, It just might be a little bit of a harder search. And I don't know what industry you're in. And I, you know, I know that real estate can be the wild, wild west. I know finance can be messy. I know entertainment is obviously full of amazing people. Um, you know, like I get it. Some of these more competitive industries can be met with difficult people, but that doesn't mean, that well-adjusted, creative, smart, and kind people don't exist in those pockets. You're just going to have to find them.
1: Yeah, totally. And I think like your job is like the, the like where you spend the majority of your time. Right. So like, if you're, if it's like, a 50 50 where you're going in and it's either going to be a great day or like the worst fucking day ever. Like that's too unpredictable, right? Like that's too uncertain. And so, you know, I feel very lucky to be working with someone that is literally like my best friend, you know, like we get along great. And I don't think that's the norm for a lot of people. So I feel very like grateful and blessed in that sense. But I do know, especially Carl too, like he's had jobs where he had bosses or employers who were just awful. And now, I mean, now he's doing something that he loves with someone that he gets along with. And, you know, I think- it, make, it makes it all feel worth it when you finally get to a place where you're like, like, I've never been happier. Like, I literally get to work with my best friend and get to talk to my best friends all day. Like, that's, I literally don't work and get paid for it. You know, like, that's fucking cool. Yeah. So it's like, you know, I would have never imagined that for like, you know, when I was a little girl, like, oh, what do you want to be when you grow up? Like, I literally feel like I don't have a job because I get to hang out and talk to my friends all day. You know, so I want to like, Spin and reframe and give, you know, hope to the letter writer because I'm there's something out there that's gonna be amazing for you for sure.
0: Well, because the opportunity with Blush didn't fall in your lap. You were a client first. You had followed it for a while. You had done your research. You like had your eyes on it, and so. I You weren't even hiring when I sent in my application. Yeah, that sounds about right. I'm never hiring when people send in their application. And anytime I'm hiring, no one sends in their application. So it's just like, yeah, that's probably exactly what happened. Um, But yeah, I mean... The point is, is that these incredible career opportunities when you're working with amazing people, sure, some people luck out, okay? Some people, like, hit it out of the ballpark and get an amazing opportunity right off the bat and never have issues at work. I've literally never met one of those people before, but I'm sure they exist somewhere. The vast majority of us have to curate our lives. We have to it's through trial and error. We have to be like, okay, I can't deal with toxic people. I think there are some people out there that literally can deal with toxic people. Like just don't give a shit, like are in their own little world. Don't care. These people don't affect them. And it's like, let that person have that job Mm -hmm. because they're immune to it. And like, good for them. You're not one of those people. And Mm -hmm. so you're going to have to be very intentional. Of course, that word again, I literally was just thinking that. I know about where you land and that might be pivoting a little bit. I mean, I know that, you know, Andrew has pivoted more into the business side of things and guys, it has made such a world of difference. Can I just say that the people he works with are like the sweetest, most supportive, intelligent people. He's not stressed out all the time. I mean, Mm -hmm. he's a different human being and it was just a small pivot that he made. And I think it's because he needs to be around more, Like-minded people like, Mm -hmm. you know, if you've met Andrew, you know, he can be aggressive, you know, he can be a little bit of a hothead, you know, he can be in your face, but like, for the most part, he's pretty like, like together, you know what I mean? Like, he's not one of those people that like screams at other people. He's like, he, he respects other individuals. And like, he needed to be around that. And again, the difference has been crazy, but he made that choice because he Mm -hmm. also knew that with that pivot would come a more healthy and secure, and kind work environment. And mm-hmm. so, letter writer, you're going to have to do that. Like, your dreams are not worth your mental health.
1: hmm And I also feel like if we're going to get a little spiritual here, I think sometimes we have to say no to something that isn't all bad, right? Like, there's good parts of her job that she likes, but sometimes we have to make that choice in order to – Communicate to the universe that what you really want is what you can receive,
0: right? Does that make sense? Well, it does. What you're saying is don't wait until your doctor prescribes you OCD (laughs) medication instead of fertility drugs. Don't wait till that point. Get out before. That's what you're saying. Follow your intuition and listen to Elise. That, that's exactly what you're saying. So yeah, my dream job is the nightmare. Girlfriend, d- don't be me. The the writing is on the wall. It's not gonna get better. Like yes. take it from someone who spent all day trying to steady their hand because I could couldn't even like I couldn't even text. I was like, um uh, yeah, but what
1: what's not on brand for Callie's advice, which usually Callie Comes to the table with, we fucking ride at dawn, burn this bitch down, let's fucking go. Mm -hmm. But she's saying, be super deliberate, be very careful about your exit strategy because that's gonna not only protect yourself, but set you up for whatever is coming next.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I don't want, you've already been through hell. I really don't want the next phase of this to be hell. And I think it will be if you let your emotions get the best of you, which don't get me wrong, been there, done that. And I would probably, I'd probably be that person in this situation. So do as I say, not as I do, but I really don't want you going in there and being like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. I quit. Fuck you all. And then go home and be like, Oh shit. I just quit my job. And now I don't have health insurance and now I don't have money. And now I don't have it. Like I have no leads. It's like, It's much easier to get a job when you already have a job. Yes. It is. And most people have the wherewithal to not check your references at your current employer because most people don't tell their boss they're looking. Yes. You get a pass, right? And you can gloss over what's happening at your current existence if you can figure out what your next step is and secure a job before you leave. That Mm -hmm. might take some time. So in the meantime, I'm going to go all Elise on you and say. Self care. Yay. I love that. Gotta take care of yourself. I'm talking, don't work these late hours. You're going to get yelled at anyway. Might as well clock in this nine to five and be like, peace. (laughs) You know, you you don't have to get everything done. Like it's over. You're not getting promoted. You're not going to grow in this company. It's, it's, it's a done deal. So you might as well try and enjoy yourself and, and find some balance during this transition phase. Yes. Just do good enough. Yeah. Agrees. I mean, barely. Right. I mean, I'm talking bare minimum. And then if they fire you, you've been taking notes this whole time. So you can be like, really, you're going to fire me. What do you think about this? And then show them your journal and inbox full of all this bullshit. And they're going to be like, Oh shit. You know? So here for Cali's energy. Today.
1: <laughs> I love
0: it. Oh,
1: also I feel like this is a like shameless plug, but your career book that you have, that's like, Yeah. Um, Callie wrote a book and it's on, um, like Myers-Briggs personality types and career and how, like what kind of work
0: environments are going to be great. That is true. We talk about how you do on teams, how you hand, how you like, um, come at it with leadership, um, Mm kind of like what you can, what each Myers-Briggs personality can expect within Mm -hmm. different, um, work environments. So that might be something that you can check out too. I always love personality in the workforce i find it very interesting same yeah i love it i love it okay do we have any other advice for my dream job as a nightmare i feel like Baloo has advice because he's screaming in the background blue's like get out Fuck yeah he's like face! leave 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 uh, that's what he's saying but Elise, do you have any final thoughts for was, this thing i feel like i never
1: have final thoughts because i don't have anything on the spot um Honestly, no, I think, I think she probably knows that she's got to get out. So it's just like, be deliberate and careful about that and
0: know that you didn't deserve that. Yeah. Down with the patriarchy. Go, go work for a woman, except for Andrew's old boss. Any other, anyone (laughs) but her actually Andrew, Andrew works for a woman now. And, um, she's the cutest. She's So sweet. I haven't met her yet, but I can't wait. And I'm just like, so I feel like it's so healing that I'm like, Oh, you're working for like this adorable lady now who's like the nicest. And we get to like heal the old wounds from working for that freaking crazy person from before. So maybe go find like a really nice mommy to go work for, (laughs) go work for a woman. We're nicer. Um, and we're not going to sexually harass anyone. Okay. So I think that that's it. I don't really have any final thoughts either, other than just be sure to take care of yourself. This next, this next phase is going to be tough and there's going to be a mourning period. You're going to really be, you're probably going to go through the five steps actually of a freaking grief and all that. And you're going to be in denial and say, I don't have to go. And then you're going to, we're going to, you know, deny it. And you're going to try and bargain and be like, well, maybe if I try and transfer departments, it'll be better. Maybe if I work less hours, Mm -hmm. it'll be better. And it's like, just know that that's fine. You know, you're going to go through a depression phase where it's like all this work for nothing, Mm -hmm. you know, and then you're going to accept the fact that it just wasn't a fit. And that's all it is. Yep. You know, that's all this is. It's just not for you. But that doesn't mean there isn't something that is for you. So like Elise said, you have to shut this door in order to find the new opportunity.
1: Mm -hmm. And we have a blog post on grief if anyone needs to read it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Everyone just go to joinblush.com and find all of our resources because I think they're going to help. Which speaking of, if you have a dilemma or a situation that you need input in, that's what we're here for. And so you can write into blush you at joinblush.com. Please, please, please write your stuff. We want to read it. And then you can also use promo code blush you all caps um, for 25% off your first month. You can come work with a life coach that can help you navigate through these really prickly pair situations. We are here for you.
1: Yes, we are. And we love it. We love y'all.
0: Yeah. Even though we are hanging on by a thread, we are (laughs) are hanging on. By threads. Here, by two little threads. We are, we are still here for you. <laughs> so, we, we need naps now. Yeah. Woo, that was a lot. Yeah. Okay. Now we're going to go nap and hopefully not wake up with heart palpitation <laughs> and <friggin'> tremors. Um, <laughs> Okay guys. It was fun. We will see y'all next time. Love you all.